You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is titled Sounds from Hell by Joe Keim and is part one of three. Here's the question. Here's the title of my message. What if hell is real? There was a message left on a tombstone. It read, this is what was, what it, what was written on the tombstone. Consider, young man, as you walk by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, you soon will be, so prepare, young man, to follow me. It wasn't too long after that that another person was walking through the graveyard and he glanced over and he read this message. And he took out his knife and he carved a second message. And this is what it said. To follow you is not my intent until I know which way you went. What a, what a nugget of wisdom. Is there more than one way? English. Is our? Is there more than one way? Do you know what Americans think today? 67% or 67 out of 100 do not believe there is anything like that. There is not anything like a fire where people are thrown into. Sick, almost 70%. That means that only 33% of the American people believe in a literal hell. Now, there may be some of the 67% sitting right here. If hell is not real, and everybody is eventually going to get to heaven, would you agree with me that we could just shut those doors and go home? Why are we having church? What's the purpose behind our meeting today? To keep our faith. Any other reasons that you can think of? Why is it? If hell is not real, is it fair to say that we could just shut the door to the churches, stay at home, and not worry about it if everybody is eventually going to end up in the good place? Go to Matthew chapter 18. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. Before we say no to hell, let's read some scripture. Matthew chapter 18 and look at verse number 3. Matthew 18 verse 3. Somebody read that out loud. It said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and Become as little children, ye shall not either enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay. What stuck out to you? If we want to go to heaven, we have to be what? Changed. 
converted, transformed. And if we're not, we will not go to heaven. It's that simple. Is it clear? Do you see that? Now go to John chapter 3, verse 3. Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. It's conditional. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus speaking to one of the leaders of that day, and he says these words. Somebody read it. Verse 3. Jesus himself comes right out to us and he says, Unless you are what? Born again, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. Except conditional. Is everybody going to get converted? Is everybody going to be born again? No. So is it, is it true? Is it, is it right for me to say that not everyone will be in the kingdom of God one day? Very true. Matter of fact, the Bible clearly spells out that broad, wide is the way to what? Destruction and narrow. And few of them travel this road to the, or the way of, to, uh, well, however it goes. Can't remember. Anyway, Acts 3.19, I'll just read it. Repent you therefore and be converted so that your sins may be blotted out. So if you and I do not repent, and if you and I are not converted, that means we are left with our sins. They have not been blotted out. They will be held against us someday. So it's important that we are converted, that we're born again, and that we know that we are on our way to heaven. And if we are not, we will never be allowed inside the gates of heaven. The Bible speaks about two different destinations. Both destinations are for eternity, forever. Several years ago, there was a book published. The name of the book was called Beyond Death's Door. Beyond Death's Door. It was published by Dr. Rawlingson. Now, Dr. Rawlingson was a doctor in a big hospital, and he was in situations many times where he would actually see people losing life and going into eternity and a few times they were able to revive them and bring them back to life and they were immediately able, those people that came back from the dead were immediately able to give a story of what they saw behind death's door. It happened so often that Dr. Rawlingson decided he's going to write a book. I remember when it came out. And it had many different stories of people that died and came back. And some saw heaven and others saw something totally different. 
But you know what? This man, Dr. Rawlinson, was a devout atheist. He did not believe in the God. He, did, he, thought, he thought Christianity was hocus pocus. He had nothing for it. But you know what? One day in 1977, he was working on a man. And this man changed this man's life forever. It says that as he was reviving the man, he, the man was terrified and screaming with all of his, his heart when he came back. And, and he, he was screaming that he was descending down into the flames of hell. Dr. Rawlingson writes, listen to these words, Each time he regained heartbeat and respiration, the patient screamed, I am in hell. He was terrified and he pleaded with me to help him. I was scared to death. Then I noticed a genuinely alarmed look on his face. He had a terrified look, worse than the expression seen in death. This patient had a bizarre scowl expressing sheer horror. His pupils were dilated and he was trembling and he looked as if his hair were on end. Then still another strange thing happened. He said, don't you understand? I am in hell. Don't let me go back to hell. The man was serious and it finally occurred to me that he was indeed in trouble. This man that I was trying to bring back from the dead was really truly in trouble. He was in a panic like I had never seen any other man before. Dr. Rawlingson continues to write, No one who could have heard his screams and saw the look of terror on his face could doubt for a single moment that he was not actually in a place called hell. Let's go to Luke chapter 16 and you're going to get your first glimpse today on the picture that Jesus Christ himself painted on hell. It comes out very clearly. There is no way that you can get around. Luke chapter 16. Some of you remember the story of the poor beggar that came and wanted to eat at the rich man's table. And the rich man was so caught up in his own life. He was wealthy. He didn't even notice the beggar. And the beggar simply lived off of the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. But one day, death came knocking on the door, just like it will us one day. Could be today, tomorrow, we have no idea when. And both of them died. Look at verse 22. Luke chapter 16, verse 22. This is what Jesus said. And it came to pass, the baker died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. He sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And sent Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us, 
that they would come from thence. Verse 27, Then he said, I pray thee, this is the rich man now, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come in this place of torment. All this man's life, all this rich man's life, he had it. He had all he wanted. He had beautiful cars. He had beautiful clothing. He had beautiful homes to live in. He had lots of good food. But it was all a thing of the past. And now he found himself in a place of torment. What stands out to you? As you, lit, as you read that, what stood out to you most? If there's one thing that really grabbed your attention, what was it? He asked for one drop of water, Levi said. If I could just have one drop on the tip of my tongue, what else stands out to you? The flame. What is a flame made of? It's, it's heat, isn't it? It's, it's hot. There's no other way that you can that you can descri describe a flame. What else stood out to you? That the beggar was there for him. He asked the baker to pray for what? His brothers. All of, a con all of a sudden he had a concern for those who were still alive. You know what? If just some of us could get just a little bit of concern for the lost people today. I honestly do not believe that any one of us thinks about lost people a whole lot in a full week. I don't think we do. We're not concerned about them. We don't even, we just don't care. We're around them every day. And if we would just realize how important it was that we tell them about salvation, would we do it? Why don't we have a burden? Why is it that we're not more burdened for lost people? Can you tell me? How do you get a burden? If I don't have a burden, how do I get a burden? Ask for it. I think that's probably the most simple question or answer anybody could give. Is simply ask for it and God will give it to you. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.